Hello, hello, and welcome everyone back for another episode of the Marvel Galaxy Podcast, hosted by yours truly, Evan Cormick. I wanted to start off by thanking you guys so much for listening for my past two episodes. I looked on um, a podcasting app that I use to check all my stats and stuff to make sure my episodes are distributed. I have about 150 odd downloads. That's incredible. I never thought I'd be anywhere near 100. I thought just like my close friends and maybe some family members would tune in chopping up to about like 20 people. I never expected anything like this. So I just really wanted to say how thankful and appreciative I am of everyone that tunes in and listens. And I hope you guys are going to keep listening to all of my shows. I really enjoy that. And I still am waiting to hear from some of your guys' feedback. Um, Follow my Instagram page, the.marvelgalaxy. You can DM me. You can leave comments on posts. I really want to try and interact with you guys um, and try and talk about different things that we've mentioned on the show. But yeah, now with that being said, we're going to talk about a lot today. We have a lot of content to drop this week. I'm going to talk about Andor, the last this past episode, I believe episode six. I finally got around to watching Werewolf by Night, and we will finally wrap up with the She-Hulk season finale. As always, spoilers ahead. Let's get into it. So with Andor's episode six, nothing spectacular happened. Like I've mentioned before, with this Andor show, there's not a ton to talk about, simply because I feel like the first half of the show is going to be mostly just set up, backstory, very, very slow. And then the back half, the back six, if you will, will kind of get together with more action, more direction, seeing where you know it takes place to lead into Rogue One, how that all plays out but the basic premises of the episode is that Andor or Clem kind of goes through with the plan basically the plan goes accordingly and we kind of see how that all uh, unfolds we have a few unfortunate deaths I believe the main captain that was working for the Empire kind of um, I believe he died Um, the other main Imperial character like I believe the commanding officer of the planet that they were on um, I believe he also had a heart attack and died um, unfortunately, the former stormtrooper that was a part of the gang that was stealing their pay is also dead. And unfortunately, we have probably the saddest loss that I would have to say during this entire time would probably have to be from Karis. Unfortunately, he gets crushed by one of the payloads and he is paralyzed and they take him to a doctor after he saves the day and gets them out of there with his coordinates and sadly he does not make it to see the rest of the episode but we get an interesting turn of events towards the very end we see clem and scheme i believe his name is or skem not sure how you pronounce it exactly i believe it's scheme um are talking while the main girl is talking i believe her name is vel while vel is talking to clem we see Vel in there with Karis while he's getting worked on. And then we pan over to Clem and Scheme talking about how, like, wow, like the mission was successful and what have you. And they then Skem starts talking, or Scheme, sorry, starts talking about how they should just take what's there, leave, and then just start a whole nother life. Like, he just, he says, I know this moon, completely inhabited, we should leave. And he starts talking to Clem, and he keeps talking it up, and he's like, we should leave, we should leave, we should leave. And basically, at the end, Clem just looks at him, and he's, like, about to give him an answer. Psych, he kills him. Just shoots him dead. And it is wild. Then he busts in where um, Karis is getting worked on, and just looks at Vel, and she is, like, freaked out. She's like, whoa, whoa, I knew I couldn't trust you. And... 
he just looks at the guy that's operating. He's like, whoa, whoa, I'm sorry. I tried all that I can. Like, he's dead. I'm sorry. Uh, I think he's going to kill him. And Clem, or Andor at this point, now he's stopped going by Clem, he looks at the doctor and he said, I'll give you 30000 for the shit that you got in the barnyard. I'll take my cut, what the original cut was. Vel, you can keep everything else, and I'm going. And that's kind of where the episode reaches its peak almost because now we get to see the next couple episodes where Andor will be on the run. We don't know if he's going to get in contact with the guy that just, you know, set him up with everything. So we have to wait. And then we pan back to the shop that Luthen runs. And there is news that the attack went successfully. So it's all over the news that an empire, uh, empire, an imperial base was hit up. He asked him, oh, do you have any, you know, relics from this planet? It looks like this is all over the news. And he's like, I'll go see if we have anything in the back. And the guy was like, oh, no, I'm just kidding. He's like, ah, it's okay. And he still goes into the back and he just starts laughing because he knows that the mission was successful and he knew he was right. And all of his anxieties are kind of, you know, gone away. And that's really all that's happening with Andor at the moment. Like I said, nothing too spectacular or explosive. Um, so I'm looking to hopefully get some more action in the next couple episodes next episode should be interesting for sure because it's kind of the aftermath of that mission so i wonder if we'll see like andor kind of going to that planet or if he's going to go try and find luthan again and really kind of go over everything like what the next steps are or if luthan will seek him out somehow but that's pretty much all i have for andor now i will say i checked out werewolf by night it is a Marvel special presentation, which I want to key in on that first. It's the first time they've ever done this. It's not a movie. It's not a TV show. They're calling it a special presentation because it was about 50 minutes long. I think the total runtime is like 55, 56 minutes, but, you know, leave a couple minutes for, you know, end credits and what have you. And they basically, I like the idea of the special presentations. I've been seeing a lot of rumors online that now that Werewolf by Night was received rather well for its kind of like, oh, here's this one episode. That's that's why I also like the special presentation because it sounds right. It's, it's not an episode because it's not a TV show and it's not really a movie because it's too short to be a movie. So a special presentation really works, but there are rumors that they're going to make Nova into a special presentation. So for those of you who don't know Nova, actually, I don't know a ton, but from what I know, um, I mostly know it from Spider-Man, the animated series. He was kind of working with Peter Parker a lot. He is he's definitely off world. I'm not sure what all of his superpowers are. I just know he has they're kind of focused around like he can shoot galactic beams from his hand. I don't really know. think of it like the Bifrost, that kind of like. It's not the Bifrost, but like that kind of the special effects they use for that. Imagine those just coming out of someone's fists. That's kind of what Nova is like. He can fly around. He has superpowers. Wears a gold helmet. He's younger in in age because he was always good. He was kind of good friends with Peter Parker because when Peter Parker ran his division at Shield, um, Nova was a part of it as like their little crime fighting. It's like not a mini Avengers. It's like something separate. It's like I think it's like Spider Man and his friends. I believe they made like a little kids TV show like Spider Man and his amazing friends or whatever. But this is going to be huge if they can make Nova show up in a Marvel special presentation because Nova can be a really important character. He's very powerful on his cosmic power scale because he's, he's a cosmic superhero. He's kind of like Miss Marvel, actually, now that I think about it. Or Captain Marvel, sorry. Um, in terms of, like, powers and what she can do. And, well, Nova's a guy, but still. And, like, what he can do and what have you. So I'm very excited for that. I like the idea of the special presentation. And Werewolf by Night itself, 
it was such a unique film. Now, this isn't anything where I was sitting there the entire time and I was like, whoa, this is amazing. This is like the best cinema ever. It was, it was, I give it a solid like 7 to 7.5 out of 10. Just because it, the more I watched it, the more it kind of wasn't my, th- it wasn't my thing because it was, I mean, it was in black and white, which is really cool. And it's also just a unique story because it's the first time that Marvel, besides Multiverse of Madness, which really wasn't a horror movie, kind of, um, this is more like a thriller movie. So it's like an old fashioned kind of like old timey thriller. They had an amazing, I mean, absolutely beautiful introduction to the MCU. It's that typical MCU like style where it's like playing the music in the background and then, you know, you pan to all the different movies playing at once, except halfway through, they changed it into black and white and then they also had like, you know, like werewolf obviously, like making claws and like growling and stuff and like tearing apart the logo here and there like as it would continue going on. And I thought that was really amazing and really unique. And I gathered kind of the feedback on Twitter that most people thought it was one of the best introductions to an MCU show, movie, what have you in a while. They thought it was just really beautifully done. And it was one of those things where I think everyone's expectation going into Werewolf by Night was that this is just going to be trash. Like this is just going to be absolute garbage. We're going to, you know, forget about it in like three weeks. It was quite the opposite. I have read I read specific reviews that were that said exactly that. They they were like I had zero expectations going into this and I deserve this presentation and apology. Like I deserve to give it an apology because it was really good. And I agree with that. Basically the only two the only three characters that really mattered throughout it were Elsa Bloodstone, Jack Russell and Man-Thing, which who we which is who we got introduced to. Man-Thing is now in the MCU. So that's really cool. He has powers similar to Ghost Rider because whenever he would touch people and kind of like use his powers, he would burn them alive, which was so awesome to see. Um, the fact that it was black and white, was it was it grew on me. It was one of those things where at first I was like, oh, this is kind of interesting. It's unique. It's black and white. And then I was bored by it, and then it kind of grew on me. And basically the whole synopsis is that there's like this bloodstone, which isn't an, like, is, is not an infinity stone. It's like something separate but similar, and it basically controls all of these monsters in this, like, area that they're at. And basically, they go on a hunt for it because the main guy that kept the bloodstone has died, so everyone has to go on a hunt for it, but the thing is, is the stone is embedded in a monster, and they have to kill the monster to get the bloodstone. So, basically, we meet Man-Thing, the stone is in there, and we get Jack Russell, and he is tr- he's a very nice character, he's a well-liked character, um, I saw a lot of people saying they want more of him in the MCU. Hint, hint, he ends up being the werewolf. And he helps Man-Thing escape. And they're like, why would you do that? And he goes to pick up the bloodstone and it hurts him. And they're like, oh, Jack is a monster. So they lock him in a cage. They basically probe him and show him the bloodstone until he turns into said werewolf. The werewolf itself was really, really cool. Like, I mean, so cool. It was really nice to see something because this was completely unique. And I really love that word to describe this unique. Like I said, it's not like, you know, the best cinematography ever. It's not like anywhere near a top MCU program that they let out. But I would not hate to see more special presentations, which is why I said I hope they really give Nova a special presentation because it was really fitting. You know, the 50 minutes didn't seem like it was too long, but it felt like it was it did not feel like it was rushed at all. I, they should probably learn from that and put that towards their TV shows, but it, it was really good. I liked it. I liked, you know, Elsa Bloodstone. I hope we see her again. She was kind of like this person that was rejected by her family, but in the end she wins, grabs the Bloodstone, and she can kind of rewrite history. A cool thing that they did, 
because some people were wondering, is this going to have anything to do with the MCU or is this just uh, Marvel being like, you know what, we can produce this, so we're going to produce it. Um, at the end, when Emma or Elsa finally gets the bloodstone in her hands, everything turns to color. So the black and white filters kind of go off. We see Jack Russell recover. We see Man-Thing kind of nurse him back to health almost in kind of a funny, cute, like, rewarding scene to where it's... It, Man-Thing honestly reminded me of just a really more dangerous version of Groot because Man-Thing doesn't talk, but Jack was kind of talking to Man-Thing, called him Ted, like he was a human, like he knew who it was, and I'm not super familiar with Man-Thing from the comics, but I believe, I think Ted maybe sounds about right, maybe that is his actual name whenever he's not Man-Thing, or before he became Man-Thing, would you rather? So, I'm excited to see more of them. What I liked, what they did with the color, was, I mean, this is reading deeply into something that could have just been very small. Now that I'm thinking it's all in color, we could see them in the MCU at any point we wanted to because now it's like oh it's in color it's not like an old timey throwback film this is happening like right now we're just you know getting introduced to it and it's one of those things where it's very very smart from Kevin Feige to kind of do this I really love the direction they went with it and Man-Thing was actually not CGI'd which is probably this might be why he looked so good was they actually made a whole like a bust like a costume kind of like they did almost for Thanos where they made like a larger costume but they, they made all of Man Thing from like you know prop sets and what have you, and it looked really good. I saw some of the set photos, and I was just overall when I was done reading it, I went immediately to Twitter, and it received so many positive reviews. There was a scene where like you initially meet the werewolf, and he kind of breaks out, and he has his own little hallway scene where he's just beating the shit out of guards and stuff, and it was really awesome. And people are like, "Oh, this is the best MCU project we've seen in a little while," and I thought that was I thought. Saying it's the best we've seen in a while is a little stretching it, but I'm so glad that it was reviewed so positively because I feel like recently with some of the shows and productions that MCU has been putting out, they've been under a lot of like they've been under a lot of hate from the fans. So I'm really glad to see that Marvel's kind of not getting cut some slack, but kind of getting good reviews for once out of something they produced when they decided to be different, decided to not you know follow the norm rather and kind of produce like a thriller there wasn't really any like jump scares it wasn't really a horror movie um it was really gory i will say like there was a lot of blood there was they didn't shy away from anything uh, which i really enjoyed it was kind of like a more gory marvel that like people we saw people getting killed it wasn't like oh we're gonna kill some aliens and we're just gonna also insinuate that they're dead no like they showed someone's head getting sliced and they showed, like, someone getting an arrow through their skull. Like, they showed it, and they had blood, like, splatter on the screen. This would have been a really cool movie to see in 3D. That's not a movie, but you get my point. It would have been really cool to see this in 3D. That's kind of all I have for Werewolf by Night. There's not really much to go off of other than that. It's, there's nothing to, like, read deeply into other than Man-Thing and potentially Jack Russell coming back into the MCU at some point just because it would be nice to see some, like, monsters in the MCU, rather. Because we have Werewolf. Um, I'm not sure what other monsters we have lurking around. I know there's others because someone on Twitter did say, like, all we need is... Um, Frankenstein, and then we'll have like a bunch of monsters, like original, like not Halloween themed, but you get what I'm getting at. And with Werewolf, I don't know if he's in it, but a lot of people were calling for Midnight Suns to be in the MCU now that we kind of have this introduction to being with like 
Werewolf. I, I think there's, you know, Punisher because now he's a part of it with the Netflix coming over. And I think Doctor Strange is part of the Midnight Suns. I think Doctor Strange runs the Midnight Suns. I'm going to have to do some reading up on that because I think the Midnight Suns is happening. I know Marvel is releasing a game um, in the coming months for Midnight Suns. So it's going to be really exciting to see what they come up with in terms of what they can do. Um, but that's kind of all I have for Werewolf by Night. And now we're going to get into some She-Hulk. Oh my gosh, was the last episode of She-Hulk, the She-Hulk finale, so, so chaotic. So we have this kind of buildup of this intelligentsia people kind of going after She-Hulk and ruining her life, rather. So we kind of start the episode, and I, I will be talking about this so much because I really love what they did here. So, spoilers, like I mentioned in the first half of the episode, but they wake up in a, she wakes up in a cell, basically, and she has her lawyer buddies there, and they're like, She's like, oh, my God, I have to prosecute these guys. This is, And one of the her lawyer friends looks at her and says, no, this is, like, you. Like, this is a you thing. You did this to these people. Like, you attacked them because they embarrassed you online. And they basically come to an agreement that it's the same as Emil Blonsky, is that she can not turn into She-Hulk ever again. But if she obliges by that, she can be free. Jen Walters can be free. There's no, no jail time, no fines, what have you. She can just be let go. But the thing is... She can't turn into She-Hulk. So she loses her job, loses her house because she lost her job. We just basically see Jen Walters. It's one of those, it's not a typical character arc, but it's it's also, you know, more commonly seen in TV shows and movies where the character Jen Walters now has nothing. So we're at the point where we're, at least I am, because I really enjoy the show, emotionally attached. I feel bad for her. She didn't even want this in the first place. And she looks at the camera and she does say, she's like, I didn't even want this in the first place, but this is not how I wanted to lose my She-Hulk powers. Like, she wanted to choose to not be She-Hulk. This is all about Jen Walters being able to choose. So then she remembers that Emil Blonsky said that anytime that she needed a place to stay or needed help, she could come to see him. Well, she goes. She meets the one guy that tried to attack her in an alleyway. He's, like, making her tea. And she's, like, he's trying to help her out. But she's, like, I don't think you really understand what I'm going through. I think the only person that understands is Emil. And he's like, oh yeah, no, he's hosting a, a private show. Well, her other two lawyer buddies come in and they're going to spy on trying to find out who really pushed, who really did to She-Hulk what, what happened, who like put her behind bars, basically. And you get to this party and her one main date, Todd. Todd. Todd is the one that created Intelligentsia. He is the Hulk King. It was it was one of those things where it was really weird, but it was almost you could kind of see it coming if you cared enough or paid enough attention to it, to whereas he set everything up. So he set up Intelligentsia. He set up all the She-Hulk hate. It was it was a very funny moment. So when you, you, get, you set the scene where her two friends kind of drive up. You got Nikki and you got Pug. They drive up to the kind of Emile's place where they're hosting this private event. And... It's apparently where the intelligentsia people are going to meet because Nikki kind of reaches out and figures out that there's a party going on. And she sends Pug in, and they're doing, like, a recon mission, and it is just a group. It is a room full of men, and they are just making fun of women. That is all they're doing the entire time. They are just ripping on women. It starts with, we cut in, and he's like, I'm not saying that She-Hulk doesn't deserve her powers because she's a girl. It's just she's not a good superhero. I'd say that the same if it was Hulk or if it was Thor. They're making fun of us. They're literally, I don't know, it's, it, I loved it. I found it so hilarious. They are making fun of everyone that just keeps shitting on Miss Marvel, Captain Marvel, 
you know, She-Hulk, Lady Thor. They, like, brought up their names. They keep making fun of people that think that just because it's a woman superhero that Marvel's trying to jam this down our throats and it just so happens that all of the women superhero arcs are the same. That's the, that's the point. All of these women, their arcs are going to be similar because they all have to go over the same struggles. And, and it's, it's what Marvel is trying to get us to see. Like, yes, Lady Thor has to deal with, you know, wow, like, the world doesn't accept me. We don't really explore that in Thor Love and Thunder, but basically, like, the fans' consensus. And then there's Miss Marvel, where it's like, oh, no one cares about this, you know, teenage girl dealing with all these man-versus-woman issues. That's the point. That is what Marvel's trying to, to, to show us, is that there are these struggles that these women superheroes are going through, and it's supposed to parallel to women's struggles in today's world. That's the whole point of this show. We saw the perspective from female lawyers and how they get treated. It's showing us different perspectives of kind of like the struggle of women in today's you know society. And basically what, what happens is they find out who Hulk King is. It's Todd. And then they have this special guest that's supposed to talk to us about something, and it's abomination. It's abomination. Abomination has been coming in and doing these guest speaker appearances as abomination, which he's not supposed to do because that's a violation of his parole. So basically, you have abomination that comes in. You have everyone that found out he's Hulk King. They're at this giant manpower rally, and Todd is kind of like talking, and Jenna's like, I'm going to go find out where Emil is. And she hears all this commotion from where the private event's happening, and she walks in. And it is one of those things where this is the most chaotic three minutes in the entire episode, but I love what they do. So what happens is she walks in. They notice that she's there. She's like, what the hell is going on? First, she confronts Emil Blonsky. She's like, you've been turning into abomination. It's a violation against your parole. He's like, well, I'm just doing it for the checks. I'm just doing it for the money. It's all I care about. And then she looks at Todd and then she's like, I, I believe Nikki or Pug kind of yells out, yeah, he's Hulk King. And she looks at him, she's like, you're Hulk King? And he's like, yeah, I'm Hulk King. You didn't deserve these powers in the first place. I had to do everything I did to earn these powers because you just don't deserve them. And he shoots himself up with her blood. And, he, and she's like, what? She's so confused. He's like, you know that beautiful guy, Joss, that you took out? Yeah, I had him not only copy all of your data off your phone. I had him take a sample of your blood. And he's like, you don't deserve this. And he shoots himself up and he has these giant Hulk powers and he turns into this giant Hulk bro. It's, it's what he is. He's just ripped and he's just jacked. And all of a sudden, this is when the chaos starts breaking loose because he's, he's like ripped. He's like, yeah. And he's like, step to me. And then he tries to go after She-Hulk and an abomination grabs She-Hulk, throws him to the side. And while he's holding She-Hulk, Titania busts in out of the side door and she starts beating up on people. And then all of a sudden Hulk just crashes through, which was a really cool scene. I don't care that it's not relevant. You'll see why I mean that in a couple minutes. He just busts through and he's like, stop touching my cousin, asshole. And he goes to just beat her up. It is also, this is a complete aside. I thought it was hilarious how small smart hulk was compared to abomination it was i don't hope they fight ever again because if we're gonna work with this kind of like underpowered hulk then i don't want to see him go up against abomination which in in this fight scene it didn't it didn't turn out to be an actual fight scene but he was abomination was like twice as big as hulk was like, I don't know if that was done on purpose to, like, kind of blow up the situation, but it was just, it was hilarious. I'm like, Hulk's not going to be able to take on this guy. Like, what the heck? So that kind of was all blowing up. And at, when I was watching this, I was, I was hype because I was just like, oh, 
there's so much action going on right now. And then she does a fourth wall break. And she's like, this isn't what my show's about at all. I just lost everything. And now, now we have Titania and we have all these things going on. This is too chaotic. Is this what the finale is going to be about? Is this what my show is going to come down to? And she kind of finishes her aside. And she's thinking, I'm not going to let this happen to my show. I just lost everything. And now we have this crazy climatic, anticlimactic. It's getting a little sweaty in here. This is a terrible episode, low-key. She basically talks about how everything is so chaotic. And she kind of finishes her aside by like, this isn't going to happen in my show. I want to talk to Kevin. So now she goes on a mission to find Kevin Feige. So it's this very funny sequence where she's She-Hulk and she's walking around Marvel Studios. And she finally gets to Kevin. And she walks in the room. And she just sees all... You see a little thing of all the Marvel movies playing. And there's a robot that turns around and says, Hello, I am Kevin. I forget what the acronym was for, but it was basically a really funny acronym for Kevin. And she she talks to him. And they have this long, drawn-out conversation. And she's like, Why is my show ending like this? And I believe Kevin the Robot kind of responds of, This is how it's supposed to be. There's supposed to be a lot of action in the finale. Basically, this is what the fans want. This is what the fans are looking for. This is what they've been craving. And she kind of shrinks down. They make a, jo- they make a joke that I thought was really funny. Um, she like goes to shrink down, and he's like, wait, wait. Can you do it not facing the camera? The VXF artists have mo- moved on to a different project, kind of poking fun at the fact that, you know, there was that report where apparently Kevin stresses out all of his special effects artists by making them work endlessly and on multiple projects at once. Anyways... So she kind of shrinks down and she's like, this isn't what it's supposed to be at all. The She-Hulk is a legal comedy. Why are we bringing in all of these different things? She, she said, well, she said it was a legal comedy with superheroes. And I thought that was brilliant because that is what people are failing to realize. They thought this was going to be another MCU, just like show connecting the universe. It's not. Jen Walter, Walter said what it was. It's a legal comedy that happens to have superheroes in it. It doesn't have to be connecting everything. We don't have to see eight different cameos throughout each episode. It has some cameos, ties up some loose ends, dapples in the MCU a little bit. But it was like I was saying in some of my first episode, we are looking to just introduce She-Hulk, but then get emotionally attached to the character so that when we see her in later productions... That we are like, oh, She-Hulk, it's Jen Walters, I love her. It's awesome. Kind of like how we were with Daredevil. We saw him, we love him, and we're happy that he's back. So she kind of goes on and talking, and she's just like, every superhero movie and show doesn't have to end the same. It doesn't have to end with this giant, climactic, just battle scene with all this stuff happening. It can just end the way that I want it. And... The robot is like, basically in a funny way, he's like, I'm listening. And she's like, I just lost everything. I want to get my life back. That's what the finale of my show should be. I should be trying to get my life back together. And she basically goes on this rant. And she talks about her show, what it's supposed to be. And then she does a couple of sides. And she's like, well, what can we have in the finale? And she's like, how, how about I, you know, do this? How about I do that? And she makes a little aside. She's like, when are the X-Men going to show up? And Kevin's just like, well, well, you've already re- reached your limit on changing the show. 
we'll, we'll keep that in mind, basically. And it was it was poking fun. The whole show, I feel like, just poked fun at all the people that didn't like the show because they didn't understand. And this is what I'm saying, where we just need to, every time we don't like a show, just take a breath, step step back, and think to yourself, in Kevin, we trust. Because no one liked the show. Kevin knew that no one liked this show. <laughs> Kevin knew that it wasn't going to be a good show. Is it better than any Phase 4 Marvel TV show that we've seen thus far? No, because it is its own separate entity. It is completely separate from what an MCU show should be. That's why the episodes are a little bit shorter. That's why there's always not cameos. That's why we took an episode break to go do her, her wedding for her friend. He knew all of this. And in the end, he still gave us some of what we wanted. Daredevil got reintroduced. They're going to be a thing. She-Hulk and Daredevil are going to be a thing. She-Hulk might go work for Daredevil. There were hints of that towards the ending. But she basically gets her show back, gets everything cleaned up, does it the way that she wants. It's really, it's, the finale was so good. And some people are, like, critiquing and shitting all over, like, the, the series as a whole. Yeah, the writing could have been a little bit better. But also... But also, from what area are you looking at? Could it have been better as it just wasn't good writing, period? Or could it have been better in terms of MCU writing? Basically, they wrap up the show, and Jen is kind of like, wow, this was good. I think she made, she made another reference about there being a season two, um, and that's kind of when Kevin stopped her and said, hey, you've reached your quota of telling me what to do, basically. And we get this wrap-up dinner scene where... Daredevil just shows up out of nowhere, like right at the end of the show. He like does a funny like backflip and comes in. He's like, here, I'm here to save the day. And she Hulk is like, you just missed everything. Too bad. But then Daredevil has dinner with her family and her family keeps making jokes about how Daredevil should stick around. And basically all these jokes that they're like together. And Jan is getting ready to kind of wrap up the show. And then all of a sudden Hulk comes back and he says, sorry, I'm late. Sorry, I haven't been around much. I was too busy being on Sakaar, getting my son Scar. And when I tell you that I absolutely lost my mind, we're getting Hulk's son in the MCU. Not, not enough people are talking about this. Literally not enough people are talking. Hulk's son. I, I don't know everything there is to know about Scar, but I know he's supposed to be pretty badass. I know he's supposed to be pretty powerful. In terms of like Hulk scale, this could be their opportunity. Excuse me, that that it is to have a super powerful Hulk. That's that might be what they do because I'm not sure really how that works. I'm not sure if Orlando Studios has the rights to just Hulk, or if they have rights to the whole Hulk family. Because if they don't have rights to the whole Hulk family, Marvel's kind of entryway into making a really powerful kind of like do dominant Hulk could be okay. You want Smart Hulk to be just popping up here and there until we get all of our rights figured out? Awesome. Cool. We'll have him be a mentor and a father figure to She-Hulk and to Scar. And we'll make Scar our overpowered Hulk that just wrecks absolute shit every time that he's in the building. Now, I'd be fine with that. His haircut did it. That's the main thing people are saying about him. His haircut was terrible. But, you know, I was too busy being excited over the fact that they got Scar. We got Hulk's son in the MCU. And it was it was amazing. It was simply amazing. My overall thoughts for the show, like I said, is it the best piece of Marvel television that we've gotten? No, not at all. Not even close. It's, you know, it is what it is. When I started this show, I took it for what it was. I took it for we're getting a potential 
actual sneak peek at Daredevil. We're getting a new Hulk. We get to see a little bit more of Smart Hulk. We're getting a new character. And I kind of have an open mind to every piece of Marvel that I watch. I take it as it is. If the show is bad, I will say it's bad. When I saw Multiverse of Madness, when I saw Love and Thunder, I didn't love them. I still accepted it. I still watched it. I still rather enjoyed it. But I'm not freaking out about it. And that's how I feel about this show. I don't love it. I don't hate it. The last two episodes, I will admit, I do love. But the first, what, seven episodes, I, you know, don't mind. They're not my favorite. But they're, they're good. I think people need to stop hating on Marvel so much. I feel like they're losing sight of what Marvel's trying to do. And they've lost trust in what Kevin can do as a production genius. And that's, so that's what he is. He's a genius. I feel, I feel like people are wanting too much. They're expecting too much. They feel like after Endgame, they open the door. You can bring superheroes in all you want. They have the multiverse. There's, there's a lot more that we can do with Marvel. But I think, I think it's smart for them that She-Hulk is their last TV show until next year. I, I, I like that. Actually, uh, if I do stand corrected, I think the Guardians of the Galaxy holiday special, I don't know if that's a show or if it's like a movie, or maybe it's another special presentation. I believe that's coming out in December of this year. But Black Panther 2 is all that they have left. And I think that's good. Because I think right now, Marvel is under a lot of fire for just mass producing things and shoving content down our throats and some people don't like it some people think it's bad it gives them a little while to get out of the spotlight we have the chance to go to star wars and focus on that talk about andor talk about tales of the jedi which comes out at the end of october it gives it gives marvel some time to take some heat off their shoulders and then when black panther 2 comes out i'm so excited for that movie that movie is just going to blow everyone's socks off We're getting so much in that movie. It's going to be so emotional. I already know I'm going to cry while I watch it (laughs) just because of Chadwick Boseman. And I know Marvel and I know how much they loved him as not only Black Panther, but just as an actor and as a person. They're going to do a beautiful tribute in the movie, in the credits, in the beginning of the movie. They're going to do so many beautiful ways to honor Chadwick Boseman. And I'm very excited to see that. But I digress. In terms of She-Hulk, my overall rating I give it about a 7 to a 7.5 out of 10 because there were some episodes and some moments where it kind of pulled it down for me. I'm, actually, you know what? I'm going to go a solid 7.5 because there was the last two episodes what that, that brought the rating down. I know that sounds counterproductive, but it brought it down because it showed me what they could have done the whole season. Like they could have had a perfect mash of doing like the action building up the sequence, but still giving us that legal comedy show and also making fun of people that made fun of the show. So that, that's kind of like my initial thoughts on it. I really love the show as a whole. I, I do. I like it. It's not the best TV show that we've seen, like I've said, but overall, I think it's really enjoyable. If you haven't checked out the entire show and you've kind of just waited till these last two episodes, I recommend watching the whole thing. Um, yeah. I mean, that's it. It's kind of weird. We're not going to have Marvel to talk about here for a while now that I come to think about it until Black Panther comes out. So expect next episode for us to dive into some Star Wars. And when we, you know, 
elude to some of the Star Wars when we extend myself past what all is going on. We do have some Star Wars rumors and Marvel rumors to talk about as well. Some production delays, unfortunately. We'll get into all of that next time on the Marvel Podcast. Thank you guys so much for listening, and I hope you have a wonderful day.